before we get into the podcast today, I want to share an exciting opportunity for you and your leadership team. Now, our team at Lifeway Leadership is bringing the ever-popular Pipeline Conference to Orange County, California on February 22nd. So Pipeline West, as we're calling it, will be an event like none other. You have to come, you have to attend, because it's not just a conference, it's a training conference. You and your team will walk away with practical steps to launch your leadership pipeline at your church. You'll hear from Carrie Newoff, Albert Tate, Tom Rayner, Eric Geiger, Daniel M., and more. This event will have plenary sessions, shorter practical TED-style talks, and Q&A with speakers. So we also offer a second day that you'll want to take a look at. It provides coaching and implementation help for you and your team. So join us at Pipeline West. Get your tickets at myleadershippipeline.com. Register now to take advantage of early bird rates. Once again, that's myleadershippipeline.com. Now, enjoy the podcast. You're listening to the 5 Leadership Questions podcast. I'm your host, Todd Atkins, and I'm here with Daniel M. Hello, hello. And our friend Nick Runyon from CV Outreach. Mm, this is gonna be a really good one. It's gonna be. Uh, we're about to. We're about to drop some knowledge. Yeah. That is, we don't usually do. I mean, we we're known for being very practical, and we'll get into the weeds on some stuff. But oh, I mean, today's topic is highly practical, but it's pretty nerdy. It's very nerdy. Yeah, but it's highly practical. But we'll get nerdy. Yeah, it is. Uh, so, <laughs> so I've known Nick now for I think over a year and we just keep meeting randomly at different places and um, we always enjoy each other's company because uh, he is a man's man as you can see you you can't see but his beard game is strong <laughs> oh man and as well uh, he he um, he knows a thing or two about the outdoors and I'm just going to leave it at that and we enjoy having conversations about exercising our dominion as uh, as God told us to in Genesis. I'm just saying, Daniel. Yeah, yeah. You, you've you never exercised no. your dominion. You guys can go ahead and have fun. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so uh, if, if CV outreach is something you should know about, but you, you might not know about. Uh, and one of the things that they do is absolutely amazing uh, for churches is they help them figure out from a, a digital advertising perspective, specifically with Google, um, how to have uh, great results when it comes to search results in Google, but it's for a specific purpose, and that is evangelism. Uh, and, you know, they're connected with Touch a Billion. And that what I really want people to understand is I, I want to frame out this conversation. This is not a... Um, how to how to grow your church, you know, the slickest, sharpest way possible. This is how to grow your church by connecting with unbelievers in your community um, using digital media. I mean, it, it's insane the tools that are are that we have available to us now, and we should definitely be employing those. So, Nick, tell us a little bit more about CV Outreach and and specifically what you do. Well. Yeah, thanks for uh, the setup. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna share this whole outdoor game thing. By the way, with my dad, I've been telling him that for years, but he doesn't believe me. <laughs> so, um, CV Outreach is exists for one reason. We want to connect people who are searching for answers to their spiritual questions to the church. We want to make that church connection. 
And uh, so, yeah, you were right. Just to clarify a little bit what you said, you know, we hope that churches grow like that's something we want to see happen. But it's not uh, the approach that we take through that program is trying to make available church pastors and church community to people who don't have that in their lives. So what they do have is, you know, a digital footprint, a digital presence. I mean, everybody online and offline, I think is blended. You know, I don't think those, I don't look at them as distinct anymore, which is kind of weird. Um, but I think that's true in most people's lives. I mean, I know like Todd, for example, you and I connected digitally, I think long before we met in person and follow each other that way and vice versa. So, um, that happens in everybody's life. And, uh, So as people are using those digital tools and they're kind of searching their own networks, whether it's social or their social networks online or social networks in person, um, we want to help the church intersect with those people when they're having a conversation about spiritual matters. I love that. I love that. So let's get into the questions then. Uh, first and foremost, what should churches know about Google search? You know, let's let's start really broad and let's get into and, and, and just really begin to talk about the different nuances. But but when you start us off there. Yeah, uh, let me first. Yeah, that's a great place to start. And I think it's a fascinating place to start because it's 2017 and we're still talking about Google search. I mean, yeah, Google search has been around forever, it seems like. You're right. And if you're a freshman in college, you'll never know life without Google. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, yeah. But you know what I think is fascinating about Google? And we've talked about this here among our team, and it's probably not an original idea, but I think Google search is like a window into the psyche of America. I mean, you can look at like Google trends and you can see exactly what people are talking about right now. And you can pattern that over time, which I think is really interesting. So what churches need to know about Google search is that um, it's relevant and it matters. Mm. (laughs) Even though it's been around forever, people still go to the search bar and they type in crazy stuff. Yeah. And it's a good point. I mean, I think you guys will know this, that the way people are searching is, has changed over time, but like that core idea of trusting Google for answers to my questions, um, it's still there. Yeah, that's true. I mean, several times when I've preached, I'll, you know, look at how many search results there are on certain topics or, or just, I mean, you're right. It really is a, a window into the psyche, into the average, um, individual globally. Well, it's, it's so important that there are, you know, thousands of businesses and freelancers that their sole purpose is, is to help whoever get ranked, you know, on the first page or at the top of the first page. Yeah. Um, and you know, that's, yes, that is, is important because when somebody's searching for an answer, you want to be, you you want to be there. You want to be the number one result. And so I know that this is something that we think about, uh, and I'm sure it's something that churches think about as well. So one distinction, though, I think that it's important to make is that um, for the most part. Uh, so let's let's again think about this from like an evangelistic or like an outreach standpoint. Uh, people aren't searching for your church. I mean, if there's something I would tell churches, it would be that. And, and we do tell them that all the time. Um, if people are searching for your church, you know, uh, they probably have some affinity or there's a reason why, and it's easy to find, 
And this is also why, you know, Google is the phone book. Google is a directory for everything. Google is, you know, my map and my address and all this stuff. Um, if I'm searching for a place, it's really easy to find it. What you want to think about is, um, those people that I think need to connect with your church, but aren't searching for, you know, first Baptist church of your town. Mm. So, yeah, that's a good point. So, uh, you know, before anybody thinks that this is going to be an advertisement for TV outreach, I do want to say, you know, one of the biggest things that they do is provide um, free resources and free help and actually uh, help hook churches up with very large Google grants um, for this type of advertising so that when somebody types in suicide and it's in your local area, they get an ad for your church. So, uh, you know, that that's something that I think is vitally important before somebody decides to, you know, turn the dial or, or not pay attention. Do pay attention because this is important in, re in reaching um, the people in your community. So is there anything else you want to say about that, Nick, before we go to our second question? Well, I'll piggyback on what, what you said, which I think um, I think we're involved in a lot of different communities. I mean, we are. Um, we've got a strong like Facebook private group game going on in our office here. And a lot of what we try to do is just rub shoulders with people that are in this space, you know, church leaders, church marketers, communications pastors. Right. And, uh, we, we don't charge anything for any of our services and we just exist to really kind of give it away. Like mm -hmm. we just want to give everything away. So, that's what I hope we can accomplish on this, this show today. We'll, we'll probably get into talking about a lot of things that we don't offer through CV outreach, but we touch and, important to and know. work on. Yeah. We do that all day long. Good deal. Okay. So let's talk about a couple of things. Uh, as we get in, we've already asked our first question, but our second question would be, um, what's the difference between, you know, paid and, organic reach when it comes to, you know, thinking digitally, when it comes to thinking about showing up in search results and, and, um, getting the word out about your church period, whether it's Google, Facebook, Twitter, Insta, wherever, what's the difference between paid and organic? There's a value difference there, but I don't think you can look at it, um, without considering, you know, the value that you're offering to the searcher or to the user um, that's hitting your, whether it's your Facebook page, your website, you know, through a Google search or whatever. Um, in every case, you want to be, you want to understand kind of who your, uh, who your audience is and what do they value, you know? And um, I think wh where uh, that's easy to see the difference between paid search and organic search or actually just paid and organic anything like advertising or traffic. Um, cause you approach those things in a different way. Hmm. So, you know, again, to use, um, like a church website or maybe a church's podcasting or any of those things that can be found organically that are appropriately, you know, heavily branded as your church. I mean, you want to tell people about your church. You want to tell people about your message. You want them to find it. When they're finding it, it's it's most likely just think about it, it's a different it's a different user. You know, they're probably searching for what you have to offer. Um, and some people this rubs people the wrong way. But like if we can just use uh, like customer language or sales language, you know, there's a buying cycle that people go through 
with pretty much everything, whether it's, you know, picking out what cereal I'm going to eat in the morning or figuring out where to go to church when I move into town as a new, you know, transfer. And so if I'm moving into a place and I'm looking for church, uh, you want to be found, you know, and there's some things that I think churches would be wise to do, um, to kind of get into that game. So Google reviews, you know, even like a Yelp review, nobody's searching Yelp for your church, but that stuff adds organic strength. Um, it makes you more findable, you know? So I was in a conversation with the church the other day and we were just talking about, Hey, just motivate and encourage your people to leave positive reviews online for this physical experience that they have every weekend in their service. What that's going to do is when people are searching for a church in your community, it's going to make you more findable. And that organic traffic is something that you're going to benefit from because I mean, ultimately we want, we want to engage with people and, uh, you know, share the gospel with them, have them come into, uh, this Christian community and experience the love of Christ. So being found organically is a, is a great way to do that. When you think about paid, that's totally right. different value statements, totally different users, totally different message that you're putting out there. Yeah. So give us an example then of the paid value, like, cause, cause you shared, I, I like just that simple encouragement for people to leave reviews online on Google or on Facebook, on, on Yelp, on all those what's instances. Im- but. Because what's important for people to understand is the reason why you see advertisements for people saying, oh, you know, get all these backlinks or... Uh, the more people that come to your site from different places, the higher it will rank in search results anyway. So it's a win-win. If you're getting organic traffic, Google sees that and elevates you, you know, even higher. So that's why it's and it's one of the many reasons why it's important to have, you know, multiple people linking back or multiple people connecting back with you, leaving those reviews or saying, Hey, check this out. Um, the more of those people you can have, the better. Yeah. Yeah. But give us an example then of the paid, uh, I guess how you would approach paid advertising differently, because for most churches who have a Facebook account, for example, right. They can easily, they've, they, most of them have seen, Hey, boost this post. Most of us have seen that. And you know, when you look at Google, most of us have seen the paid advertisements as well. In what instances would churches or should churches even consider that? Well, yeah, I think it should be considered. But again, you have to think about um, your audience. And really, that requires understanding, you know, what's success look like? Like, how are we going to measure these results? Because if you just <laughs> Google, Facebook, everybody, um, thousands of digital marketing agencies, you know, they will all take your money. They, yeah. they are happy to be paid. And, um, you know, uh, we've, we've talked about the boosted post. Um, the boosted post is not worthless. I mean, it's really easy to do, but just because it's easy doesn't mean it's worthless. But you just have to consider, what am I trying to accomplish? I mean, so do you want, is it a, is it a win to have people see your post? Is it a win to have people like your Facebook page? Maybe, you know, is it a win to have people show up on Sunday? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, but who do we want to show up? You know, are we trying to attract Christians that are possibly going to other churches in town, you know, and like pull them away? Hmm. I don't think, you know, it's possible. You can, you can pay, you know, Facebook to advertise to your local Christian community and let them know what you have to offer. That's a strategy. Uh, or do you want to attract people that might be spiritually sensitive or, you know, 
would be appropriate to plug into um, maybe like recovery ministries or some of the counseling services yeah. that your church has. You know, you just have to understand like what is it that we're trying to accomplish, and and so why would I spend a dollar on something in order to put my message in front of someone? Yeah. So even before we started the podcast, there were some questions that you were asking uh, that you do ask churches to help them get to that. You know, what success actually looks like. So maybe can you can you list some of those questions out that churches should consider uh, that they need to really be asking themselves uh, before they even go forward in, you know, in paid advertisement. Yeah. Well, what I tell, you know, lead pastors and, um, you know, leadership teams is just that what's a win, you know, how do we measure success? So, so uh, we don't like do church consulting and things like that, but uh, you know, if we're asked to kind of speak into something and it makes sense, then we'll, we're happy to share whatever knowledge we have and <laughs> to whatever extent that's useful. Um, so uh, last week I was asked to come sit with a leadership team and they were just saying, Hey, if you had the, you know, X number of dollars for marketing budget, and this is our plan for the year, what would you suggest we do? And I think that's an appropriate place for the conversation to start, but people generally just want kind of a list of, Hey, here's your top five things. This is, these are the kind of ads that you should buy, send this mailer, you know, do this thing. But I started by saying, you know, what, what's a win look like? And so what, what it came down to is we want to see attendance grow. We want to see more people come to church, but we also want to see an increase, pretty sizable increase in the number of people that are professing faith in Christ and being baptized in the next year. Amen. Yeah. So that's a, that's a great target, but it, it's a good qualifier as well, because I can, uh, like I said before, you can run ads and get people to come to your church. You can run ads and get people to profess faith in Christ. If you want those two things, um, to really work kind of in combination together where you're building a good community, a stronger kind of fellowship within your body at your church, you would approach paid advertising in, in that way. So what's that mean? Um, there's, there's all sorts of different kinds of ads, uh, that you can buy specifically on Facebook, I think is incredible right now. Um, they, what they are doing with the type of tools that they're offering marketers is like, is a dream compared to what we had like 10 years ago when I started doing some of this stuff. Um, so for example, like you can, and we've done this with some church partners just to test, but you can pay to have an ad placed in front of your target demographic and audience. And there's all these modifiers that you can select the exact type of person and their, their situation that they're in. And you can run an ad to say, Hey, message us. So this isn't even click off to my website. This isn't like my Facebook page. This is send me a private message through Facebook messenger. We found that to be really incredible because if you go out to somebody who just, um, you know, there's over 200,000 people a month that search Google for issues of loneliness. And I, and I don't know if you guys saw this, but last week, um, uh, former surgeon general came out with a report that loneliness is like on epidemic scales. Now, um, it's you know, well, a big problem well, and, uh, people feel like they don't have anybody to connect to and relate with. And so if you run this messenger ad and say, Hey, we're just available. If you have questions or you ever want to talk, that's a first touch point into say a pastor or a church leader then that conversation can lead into a relationship which can be cultivated and you can, you know, uh, you can pull people into your, 
your church through a personal invitation. Because I think you all probably, Todd, we might've even talked about this in the past. I think Pew uh, had the research last year that came out. 86% of people surveyed said that they would attend church if a friend asked yep. them. Well, on that basis, if you start like with this messenger ad campaign for the purpose of asking somebody to attend church with you, that's a really different thing than just putting an ad out there and saying, hey, show up on Sunday at 9 a.m. when our church service starts. So this, this is kind of crazy, but this was 2008, maybe. We had a... Um, we, I was still, you know, at, at a church in DC and we had, uh, three volunteers on Sunday mornings that, um, this is horrible and I don't even know if it was legal. So I'm not even sure if I should be talking about it, but our listeners have, expect have to nothing know. less yeah. <laughs> from me at this point. Um, so, but what we would do is, um, our internet campus, uh, there were some people that would sit in there with, with them and we would, um, go into Twitter's advanced settings and figure out what people were talking about in DC, or we would search for specific things and, you know, we type in church. And so I remember, uh, one girl said, uh, my mom wants me to go to church, but you know, I don't have anything to wear or whatever. So we were like, Hey, just, you know, here's, here's a link to our, our service online, whatever. Well, you know, fast forward that three months, that person actually accepted Christ. Um, and, but we had so many, that's awesome. So many stories like that. It was unbelievable with our, with, with those people who were now, believe me, there were, we did have some issues over the course of time with Twitter who didn't like that we were using their tool in that way. Yeah. Um, but, uh, there was real fruit from from something like that. Just a, I mean, we were just hacking and hustling at that time. Um, but it's amazing now what you can do from an advertising perspective. You know, I'm on um, my kid's school board, and it's a Christian school, so the the tools available to you specifically on Facebook is it's insane because I can go, you know, within a very small radius of the school and be extremely targeted on age demographics, moms who like, you know, you can pick authors, you can pick other churches, you can pick all kinds of things to where you're getting so honed in and focused. And what people don't realize is actually the more um, focused you are and the more you understand who your target is, the less money you're going to spend and the better return you're going to have on that investment as well. So they actually, it re, you're rewarded for um, actually, you know, spending less money. It doesn't make sense, but. Well, spending less money overall, but you're, it's, it's often the case that, in, especially initially, your cost per click and some of those metrics are going to be higher, right? Because the more targeting uh, you have, the more closely targeted your campaign is, you're kind of going to pay a premium for that stuff. And I'm talking about before optimization. Yeah, you're right. right. You're right. Yep. Yeah. So, but you're, you're exactly right. And, but I think a lot of people are thrown off by that, by two things with that targeting. So one is if you ask, you know, any church in America, like, who do you want to reach in your city? What are they going to say? I'm putting, I'm putting you on the spot. Uh, they're probably going to say, you know, young families or young Christian families. Uh, yeah, what are you that's, say? um, actually good point. Uh, I think churches are getting a lot better at this, but, um, 
lots of people that we've talked to say, well, we want to reach everybody. Like, why would I eliminate oh, yeah, people? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, why would I eliminate people if I want to reach the city? You know, or yeah, something like yeah, you're right. Um, but when you do get more targeted on your approach, uh, I don't think you're leaving the rest of the city off the table. I think what you're doing is you're building a stronger core. And then, you know, if you are equipping those people to go out and reach their community, you know, it's just a longer plan for reaching everybody. Um, yeah. But it's more effective over time, I think. Yeah. So, so let's let's talk. Let's let's get really practical here, and yeah. let's uh, address. Maybe you can speak to the church who's never done any Google or Facebook or any sort of paid advertising, you know, at all. Like it's just not on their radar. Uh, maybe they haven't even. Um, you know, they don't even have a Facebook page for their church, right? So, so can you address that end of the spectrum and then maybe the middle end where it's like, Hey, they have a Facebook page. They have asked, um, they, you know, the church does send emails out to their congregation. They do ask people to, to interact social media wise. What encouragement and advice would you give to them? And then on the, on the, on the far end where, yeah, they, they do boost, uh, Facebook posts. They, they have tried Google ads, but not effectively. So maybe talk to those three demographics and, and give us some, maybe some advice, uh, for each of those segments. Uh, well, I'll start with a piece of advice that I think covers the spectrum. Okay. And that is read, <laughs> read mm. a lot. Uh, and I know you guys do this as well. Um, but like we, it's not unusual for me to spend probably two or three hours every morning, just kind of like reading all, hitting all my regular watering holes. And I'm like, I'm going to my Facebook ad groups that I'm in. I'm going to different blogs that I follow. I started this morning by reading, um, you know, a, a book, uh, at home uh, after, you know, got the kids ready and off to school, I'm cracking open like conversion code, you know, and I'm just refreshing myself on some of that stuff. Um, so, so all these churches, I think read a lot because the stuff, everything changes so rapidly. Yeah, you're right. Um, and so you have to be willing to, um, understand what's happening today and how people are using that and applying it. Uh, and then this is probably the second thing, just be willing to test, you know, mm -hmm. uh, I don't think anything's <laughs> there's very few things that are fatal. Let me say mm -hmm. it that way. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, if you don't have a Facebook page, start one, you know, it doesn't even like what is good. You'll define good along the way. You know, don't worry about, Oh, my images aren't good and all this stuff. Right. Just like be comfortable with figuring it out. And that ambiguity is kind of a, a rough place to live in sometimes, but, but just get started and start small. Mm -hmm. and, and copy people that are doing things well. Well, and there's little tools like um, Facebook's like Facebook Likealizer. If you Google Facebook Likealizer, it you know runs your page through a filter really quickly and says, "Hey, you may want to tweak this or tweak that." And that's totally free. I mean, there's little things like that that you know if you just look and are aware, because the way you figure out that stuff is you do read and you're like, "Oh, this is a resource that you know it is available." Yeah. Yeah. So then I, I, I appreciate how that really does span across the spectrum there, but could you give us maybe some focused pieces of advice for each of those demographics as well? 
you know, in terms of next steps for each of them? Yeah. So I think um, let's start with with the church that hasn't really engaged in anything, you know, yeah. in terms of digital platform. Mm-hmm. Uh, Facebook page is a great place to start. Um, it's also a great place to gather your congregation, because if you don't have a Facebook page, um, just statistically speaking, at least 80 percent of your congregation is already on Facebook. So if nothing else, you can build your your page following instantly yeah. just by making it available. Um, another thing is and there's going to be all sorts of you know specific situations around what I'm about to say, but uh, let your people um, contribute. You know, let people mm-hmm. post. I don't, I know all the reasons why we might be afraid to, um, you know, let people say whatever, <laughs> but, uh, you have to think about, you know, if you want people to engage, uh, it needs to be valuable to them and contributing is value. So uh, I would encourage just get started, let your people contribute. Uh, if it's an issue, keep an eye on it. And in my experience, you know, you, you just address those things head on early. People are, you know, posting inappropriate things, saying the wrong thing, gently correct them privately, you know, face to face, get out of the, get out of the social media tornado. Yeah, that's good. And, uh, just handle that. And then it goes away, you know, over time, but it takes, you know, it's like any community, it takes work. Um, I think if a church has some of those things in place, but they haven't really pushed it and leveraged it, I'd, I, I would encourage them to try some paid advertising first thinking about, you know, what is it that we really want to accomplish? Um, Christmas is coming up. Uh, everybody should look at Google trends, just Google, Google trends and start, you know, playing. <laughs> but if you go to Google trends and you search uh, for the word Jesus, it will show you since 2003, I think it is that that spikes every year immediately following November, that spike carries through like December 24th or 5th, and then there's a plummet, but then it, it peaks again around Easter time. So what this is telling you is that at Christmas and Easter every year, people are searching for the word Jesus more than any other time. That's crazy. Leverage that. Yeah. No kidding. (laughs) Um, and so if Christmas is coming up, You've got, you know, a Christmas program. You've got the, you're telling your people, hey, go invite people to Christmas service. It's the one time of year where not unchurched people consider going to, to church. Um, try some paid ads around that. You know, try to think about how do you build a Facebook ad that targets somebody who's not engaged in a Christian community and invite them in. And that messenger ad, I, I'm always hesitant to say, like, do this specific ad again because it changes all the time. <laughs> um, but if 86% of people say that they'll go to church if someone invites them, get your congregation out inviting people to church, yeah. but then also use some of these digital tools to make a personal invite. Right. Um, that's a really strong thing. Yeah. I like that. Good deal. And you know, just uh, a reminder really quickly before we move into our, our last question, you know, this is what Google specifically is what you guys do every day. You know, if, if somebody's working with you guys, it's free. And, you know, you're working to optimize this on a daily basis. Is that right? Yeah. So we have about a thousand church partners uh, engaged in CV outreach now. And, um, we have uh, two programs. So one is we help churches. If you're a 501c3, uh, you can qualify for Google for nonprofits. And we 
help do all the process to get you started with a Google AdWords grant. But we will use that. So Google will grant $10,000 a month to a qualifying nonprofit. <laughs> That's awesome. To run. It's like a, like a thousand dollars. What? <laughs> it's that's, like an ad coupon. So like that's I told crazy. the other day, you, you see those reality TV shows where you've got like the, the couponers that, you know, never pay for groceries. Yeah. And we're like that. <laughs> for <laughs> churches. That's awesome. Like, um, so we, we just help use this Google ad grant, uh, not to promote your church, but to intersect people who are searching for spiritual things with a gospel conversation. I love that. And then they connect to your church. So, for example, there's 49,000 people a month who search the exact phrase, what is the meaning of life? So we create videos and gospel presentations that help to answer and engage people with that question. We'll run these ad campaigns for people that are searching that, direct them to a church's website on this landing page. And then the call to action is connect with a pastor. So it's a direct connection into a conversation with the church leadership. Love that. So, and that's, you know, done at the local level as much as possible, correct? Yeah. Um, as much as possible is a good way to say it. Uh, well, because I have, you know, VP, we hopefully people understand that now with VPNs and all different guys, there's, there's all the, you never know where your server is actually going to be. Google may think you're somewhere where you're not. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, and people might be gaming it, you know, people all over the world browse and search as if they're in the U S because I think you get different and probably better search results. Um, so from time to time, we'll see people from, you know, India or Thailand or wherever pop into some of these, um, systems. But, what we always tell pastors is like who better than a church pastor to connect with on these questions? Cause the questions are always valid, but then also who better than a church pastor who, you know, knows all of these church networks. And <laughs> I talked to a guy the other day, he's like, I got a, a message from a, um, a man in India who had this question about his marriage. He goes, I was able to answer it. And the amazing thing was that a friend of mine is a church planner just down the road from him. No, that's, that's probably awesome. not. It's not coincidence. You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But we're not targeting India. We're targeting, yes, your local community. But I will say probably more on a national level because even, you know, even in a place like Dallas where I am, there's there's a lot of people here. There's millions of people. But the number of people searching for um, spiritual questions on a daily basis, relatively speaking, isn't that many. You know what I mean? So – what we want to do is if we're going to use this ad grant on behalf of the church, we want it to be spent and we want to engage with people, even if they're not local. Right. Yeah. There is a local element, but you know, in a place like McKinney, Texas, where I live, you're not going to get a ton of people walking in the door on a Sunday just from this ad campaign alone. That's where all the other stuff comes together to really supercharge it. Okay. So the last, the last, uh, question is, is usually extremely practical. So what are some of the best options as far as, Hey man, you know, I'm a pastor or I'm going to approach my pastor about some small budget cause it's not in the budget, but I'm going to create some small budget for, you know, Christmas or Easter or some something coming up where I think, oh, this would be a great, a great time to test this out. What are some of the best options that you would say um, where you might go to to spend that 
online? Um, I, I would say, first of all, you have to define success. Like what's a win look like? What's the outcome that I'm looking for? And then be really diligent about measuring that well. And if you don't know how to measure that well, there's probably people in your church or you can easily get connected. You know what? Call us. We'll help you. <laughs> um, we'll just help, you know, in your specific circumstance, think about how to measure some of that stuff. So you have to know what a win is. You have to know where that data lives and then you have to be able to access it. So once you have those things in place, I really, um, I really am excited about opportunities on Facebook, you know, especially if a church has their own uh, Facebook page up, um, then it starts to get really powerful. So one thing that they should do is the Facebook tracking pixel is pretty incredible. And you can just Google Facebook tracking pixel handbook. I think Facebook published, you know, this big PDF that tells you all about it, how to install it. But for those listening, what you can do is you can install this Facebook pixel on your church's website and you can start to see um, Facebook's analytics view of your traffic. You know, so as people in your congregation are hitting your webpage, you're going to learn about who they are, what are their likes, what are their preferences. Um, and then you can use that information in order to either go build an ad campaign and, and you know, put your ad in front of more people like that. Or what I like is you can eliminate that audience from your ad set so that you're not kind of advertising to your own church congregation. Um, you are outside of that. There's the, the, the pixel has a lot of opportunities I think should be taken advantage of. Um, the other thing is, uh, and this will be a little bit of a plug, <laughs> but plug away. Yeah, it's all good the other thing, the other thing we are doing with, um, CV outreach is social partners is the program we call social partners. And this is, we have a whole content library that we make available to churches through Facebook cross linking. And so, uh, we will give you all kinds of gospel content that you can post as if it were your own post on your own Facebook page. Doesn't have our brand on it. Doesn't, it's not about CV outreach. It's all about your church, but here's the benefit. Even if your Facebook page has like 50 followers, um, a relatively small audience, if you post a video like this through a cross link that has maybe 50,000 people have engaged with it, Facebook will see that and they'll help um, promote that for you. So if your content is, has really good engagement with it, um, and these videos carry engagement with them, not only are they going to put that out in front of your, um, your followers, but you're going to get into like second and third tier audiences because they're going to say, Hey, this is a really engaging piece of content. We want to put it out there because people are saying that it's valuable because they're interacting with it. Yeah, that's true. I've seen that. I've seen that some viral videos all come up on my feed and they're not posted by my friends. They're posted by other people. And I'm like, how is this person on my feed? Yeah, you're right. It is that you're right. That's good. Um, the, uh, the other thing I would say is, um, from a practical, like best practice standpoint, I love Facebook groups and I'm in like probably 60 or 70 different oh groups <laughs> right now. What? And some of them are like, I use them for learning. So like some of them are advertising groups, you know, secular, some of them are Christian, some of them just all over the industry. 
some of them are like, um, you know, stuff I'm interested in, like how to modify <laughs> my Toyota truck, you know, <laughs> things like that. Um, but create a Facebook group for your church. So if you have a church Facebook page, invite your members into this private group. That does a couple of things. One is it increases your engagement with your core audience throughout the week. Um, whenever you post anything in that group, it gets Facebook is pushing it to that group. So it's I'm not going to say it's automatic, but it's there's a very high chance that they're going to see it and engage with it. Yeah. Whereas if they're just following your page and uh, you post on your page, you know, only like like less than 10% of your followers are going to see that content. Mm. So the group is like a super powerful way to get, um, your message to your core audience. And then the second thing that a group does is, um, because it builds tighter community online, you can leverage that in all sorts of different ways. You can, um, and not in like a manipulative way, like in a good way, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, you can, you can survey, you can pull, you can equip, you can encourage, uh, uh, people to get out into the community. Um, it's, it's a really strong option for brands and specifically for churches right now to gather their membership into a Facebook group. Love that. Love that. Well, thanks Nick for joining us on the podcast. We appreciate your time and, uh, there are elements of the podcast that were, that were definitely nerdy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but incredibly helpful. And I've got a lot of notes as well as, yeah. uh, telling my church to get some Google ad grants. No kidding. No kidding. So be sure to go to lifeway.com slash leadership and you can check the show notes for this episode and we'll, we'll put links up for CV outreach and Nick and how you can get in touch with them. But thanks Nick for, for joining us on the five LQ podcast. It's been fun. Thanks for having me. Wait, don't, don't go yet. Don't hold up. Okay. So we are doing pipeline West in the OC. That's right. Southern California, February 22nd and 23rd. So February 22nd is the actual conference day. That's Kerry Newoff, Tom Rayner, Eric Geiger, myself, Daniel M, Albert Tate. These people will all be bringing it for sure. You want to be there, not only because it's going to be great content, but it's February. Okay, and this is California. So it's a the sunny at 76 is good to be at any time of year, but especially in February. Hope to see you there.